Hey everybody, Dave DeBow, another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, a special guest. All of our guests are special. This one's extra special because Corey Saunders, I have known Corey and his lovely wife, Shelly, for years and years and years. And they're actually neighbors of mine here in beautiful Kamloops, British Columbia. And Corey is a very accomplished, not just a real estate investor, but an entrepreneur he has had his fingers in a bunch of very, very interesting businesses over the years. He's had the ups, he's had the downs, he's had the sideways moves, you, you name it, especially through COVID. Corey has seen a lot and uh, very, very interesting investors. These guys have invested in anywhere from duplexes all the way up to large, larger multifamily properties, 32 plus units, all the way up to hotels and everything in between. So Corey, great to see you again, my friend. Thanks for being on the show. Hey there, Dave. Thanks for having me. Really good yeah, to see man. you as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you got you've done a lot. I kind of gave people a big picture snapshot of things, but why don't you tell us a little bit about where is your real estate investing business, your portfolio, where are you at today? Yeah, thanks a lot, Dave. Um so right now we we have properties in central BC uh, and we actually focus on that um, northern BC and central BC. We find that there's uh, people that live there usually stay there. Uh, lots of long-term renters there. Um, you know, we're focusing on duplexes as, as our vehicle. Um, while we're buying duplexes, we're always on the lookout for larger properties like the hotel that we own and another, uh, we, we had a 32 unit in central bc as well um so that that's our primary focus uh, not so much in the southern where we even live but uh we're quite comfortable running remotely right well that's fantastic so you guys are originally from kind of the the areas where you have a lot of your properties or that's where you spent a lot of time and that's kind of where you started building up your portfolio and you were mentioning that you guys like to focus on duplexes in these smaller centers. Why is that? Uh, duplexes are central to the town usually, uh, which we like to be in the in the in the hub where there's bus routes and shopping and all that stuff. Uh, so more convenient for your tenants. Yeah, we we yeah, and we really do like uh, kind of the middle ground for renters that. They have kids, three bedrooms. You know, they have jobs, which is helpful. Yeah. Uh, so we, you know, we like to have them also in the in the range. If somebody is getting into real estate, they're easy to buy. Like, not not uh, two million dollar duplexes don't make sense, right? It, right. And the, that happens down south here, but uh, it, they're under a million dollars, and um, you know, easy to to put on the market and sell if you needed to and also easy to rent because you're there's a massive amount of people making modest incomes that need a place to rent so we kind of focus on the easiest ones to rent we have people knocking down the door when you when you put a place on the on the market and it's in nice shape and cleaned up and ready to go you know mm -hmm. people fighting over it Oh yeah, so you don't. You, that's in North Central BC. That's not everywhere, but uh, yeah. So the the towns that you're investing in right now, what's kind of the population range of the different areas that you're in? 
Uh, well, that's an interesting question because we did have that. We had a 32 unit in uh, a small town of like 2,500 people, mm-hmm. but it was a it was an industry town, mining and forestry. Uh, the mining kind of shut down right, right after they put a bunch of money into the mine. They shut it down, so it was a, kind of a, a loss leader for everybody in the town. They started spending money, like, um, but um, and that's where I learned that investing in real estate is actually a very solid because we were able to weather that we bought the property at a reasonable amount it took us two months to uh, negotiate a price on that yeah and uh, we raised enough money in the beginning to bring up uh, all the units that were a little bit downtrodden and uh, there was a four unit that was used as storage we lifted it up fixed the foundation and completely rebuilt that entire four unit building and then rented it out. It rented for high rents and then, um, you know, higher rents than the rest of them because it was all brand new. But that that is where I learned essentially that, you know, the rental market is a very solid, longevity real investment. Mm-hmm. So that's what keeps us going on that. Uh, we did eventually, we had that property for 10 years. We did eventually sell it and we made a profit, even though the market place was down. Yeah, because you were in a, like you said, you're a very, very small town, kind of a one industry type town. Yeah. That industry ended up shutting down. Mm-hmm. The, the mine shut down. So there went all the, the high paying jobs. Yet, because you bought it right and you did these, the, the work on it and got the, the value up, you're still able to exit that property with a profit. Yeah. And people still live in that town and it was central in the town right next to everything else. And yeah. So, you know, it, it, Real estate is one of my favorite investments because it just you can always weather a storm somewhere. You gotta get a little creative now and then, but you can always <laughs> weather the storm. <laughs> so okay, so that's one example of a town that you're in, 2,500 people. What what's the population base of the other towns where you have your your uh, the other is a hundred thousand is in central BC, it's Prince George. And okay, uh, yeah. that's we born and raised in Prince George, lived there for most of our lives until eight years ago we moved to Kamloops. And uh I like that town because it is many different industries. There's, mm-hmm. there's university. There's you know, it, it's it's a yeah, big it's it's a for, it's a big hub up north. That's yeah, that's the big city up north. Hub, so. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so that's where you have most of your properties right now is in Prince George. Yeah, that's right. And that's where you're looking for to to buy more of these kind of duplex type properties, and that that's where you're focusing. It is that correct? Uh, we're not stuck on the one town at all. No. Uh, we we look down south here as well, but you know, my uh, I find more there's better deals that are cash flowing properties up there. Prices aren't as high. It's not a, a sun belt where people are moving there in droves when they retire. Right. So it's more of a working town, which mm-hmm. is good cash flowing. Exactly because you got uh, you got people making good money up there. Yeah, and they're they're looking for a place to live, and a lot of people are kind of. A little bit, perhaps not wanting to put down roots necessarily there, but they still want a nice place to live. So there's a good demand for for rental properties. Yeah, it's a good rental market for sure. Yeah. So, um, and are you kind of looking at the the smaller towns around that bigger center? Is that that like how far out does your range go from? I look at all of BC, honestly. Um, okay. But uh, we just. Just uh, tend to always find stuff in Prince George that we like. Yeah. Numbers seem to work better. But, uh, yeah. That's it's just been our, our experience. Uh, All we also right. have so that other, the other business is the, that we've invested in is the hotel. 
No, that is in a small town as well. It's uh, in Fort St. James and it's um, 2,800. Wow. Okay, town. that is a small one, yeah. But it's it's next to mining and, and forestry there as well. And the, the, the need there was high and it actually was higher than we thought. We we completely re- renovated that building. It was a teardown. And we brought an engineer in and uh, decided that we were going to completely renovate it. We started with just the first two floors, made 34 rooms. We were going to long-term rent some of them out, but we realized the demand was very high for hotel rooms, so we just kept it. We were going to be a half and half type of thing, but uh, didn't need the the long-term rents with the lower rents, right? And then you're you're telling me off camera that things kind of went a little sideways during COVID with that one. Did (laughs) you have to switch things around to make that work? Yeah, then we did take on a few longer terms and we actually took in some uh, people suffering from COVID, uh, which made a a lot of challenges for readers. They got through it. It's hard to hire people when there's you tell us the babies and a bunch of COVID people. <laughs> That's crazy. Anyway, we, we did get through that because we the market's strong going forward, and you know they're they're building in that town. So, so yeah, and whatnot, so good. Excellent, excellent. So you guys have have got good success with your portfolio now. Where do you see yourself? You could wave the realistic magic wand. Where do you and Shelley want to be with your real estate portfolio twelve months from now? Where do you see that going? Uh, 12 months from now, I would see um, at least four to six more duplexes okay. within the 12-month period. Nice. Because um, we have a, a good support group and we have our kind of a team in place. In, in Central BC is where we have our lawyers and handymen, accountants, and I mean, that's where we have our base. So uh, everybody that we need is already there. So nice. that's what we're looking at doing. Plus, and we're having a bit of a downturn in the market right now. It's, you know, good time to be buying, so to speak. It's coming back to normal, really. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a good good time to be finding some deals. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. There's always deals. So, what are you speaking of deals? What do you find effective these days for finding deals? Are you have you got a team of realtors that you work with? You're finding off market deals. How do you typically? I, find I do. I do a lot of a lot of looking myself uh, off market. Uh-huh. I, I do search around with that, and I have some friends up there in real estate that, uh, you know, don't mind pitching me some deals, uh, throwing them my way anyway, saying, "Yeah, this house here," that kind of thing. Uh, but I, I do a little bit of looking around myself and uh, knocking on doors. And, okay, you, know, you can find some good properties that way. It's something that's doesn't look quite like it's uh, running the way it should be. So the little deferred maintenance happening. A lot there. of times people want to get out and they don't realize it. They don't realize that they can, or just, they just let it into the ground. So, so again, let's, let's say we're taking a look at, at the duplex situation. So you're, you're driving around, you're seeing some properties that, that don't look too, too hot or look like they've got need a little bit of lift. You're knocking on the door. Are, is it usually owner occupied or, or are you just finding out? Not usually no owns it. Not usually, but I can usually get the uh, the owner's number. Just tell them I want to do some work around the place. There you it go. Works. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then and then you you call up the owner. And you just kind of basically say, "Are you interested? In maybe selling the place?" Yeah, yeah. Just that I'm I'm looking around for for properties, and then they they throw out a crazy big 
fat number and then we worked from there. (laughs) (laughs) Then you you quickly all of a sudden it's a jewel, right? (laughs) Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Interesting. And what would you say? I know we can't peg this down exactly, but let's say out of 10 properties that you look at and the, you get the name of the owner from, or maybe it has to be a lot more, how, how many might turn into a deal? Oh, yeah, it's it's in the double digits for sure. I haven't pegged that down exactly, but yeah, it's definitely just somewhere over 10 for sure. No, I guess what I'm trying to ask, Corey, is how many of those kind of door knockings do you have to do to get a deal? give or take like oh yeah I, I mean from the ones that i would get a hold of the owner but yeah they're not you're talking like <laughs> oh gosh let's see maybe 40 or 50 before you get 40 or 50 yeah yeah so it's a little bit of walking and a little bit i mean yeah. you're talking about a day or two right yeah which is not which is time well spent really it's very well spent if you're able to get a deal out of that and yeah Add that yeah. add that to your portfolio. So you go up there quite often anyway, because I like to look at my properties, like to see them and make sure that you know it just it's better to actually see the people in them and see them and talk to them. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of a hands-on operator. You know, we do have property management uh for some of the stuff that just pops up, but it's it's managed by me. You know, mm-hmm. that's you manage the managers. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, you you guys have accomplished a lot with your real estate investing up until this point. What would you say is might be slowing you down from maybe hitting that that goal of adding four to six more properties to your portfolio over the next year, or, or what 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 might be slowing you down? Uh, I would say a little bit of that, a little bit of deal finding is one for sure, because um, with the the fluctuations in the market lately, everybody thinks that their property is worth crazy numbers. So there's yeah. a lot of haggling to, to be done and then circling back to realize that it's not going to solve for that much. Um, so there's a lot of that. And also raising capital is sometimes a challenge. I mean, it, it kind of comes in waves where you, you know, you're not enough to deploy. And then other times you, you're looking around wondering where everybody go. but you keep making we keep making deals and uh it seems to get funded eventually but it's definitely it's it's nice to be able to uh raise the funds ahead of time and know that you can deploy it as soon as you do find the deal you don't want to lose deals over that but that can be a challenge at times um you know it's inconsistent i should say Mm -hmm. yeah the different people that you meet have different amounts to invest in us and um, our amounts that we can invest goes up and down as well. So, yeah. and it's uh, kind of finding that perfect synergy of you got the deals and you got the dough, yeah, and matching yeah. them at the same time. Yeah, it's the the constant. Now, speaking speaking of raising capital, what have you found that has worked best for you over the years for doing that, Corey? Uh, as far as like, there's a lot of different views on that where. You know, do you get a deal first and then go and raise the money, or do you raise the money first? I think now we're we're switching over from getting the deal and then finding the money. Uh, now we're just raising on our ourselves and what we've done, and that we're trustworthy and we, we you got the track record. To we we do have out. a track record of, of positive cash flow. We have a track record of 
paid off investments, um, paid back in, you know, sometimes in double digits. That's not the regular, but sometimes. Uh, and um, ongoing business acumen that we, we do have a, a proven track record. So now we're in a better position to, uh, to raise ahead of time. Yeah. And when you are raising capital, who are you kind of focusing on as your investors or potential investors? What what have you found that's worked best for you guys? Well, honestly, it's people that are really busy. Yeah. <laughs> Other business owners like myself, and I'm, right. but I'm focusing on this particular thing as my business. So I'm busy doing it. But uh, other business owners that, that own uh, shops in town or own trucking businesses, all that kind of stuff, people that are just too busy to focus their on their own portfolio and actually take a risk on something that is a little better paying than stock market, which you have to sit there and chase it every morning as well. So yeah, they don't have time it, for that either to do that. No, it, people that are busy and have a little bit extra cash and, and don't know what to do with it. You know, honestly, they they'd like to grow their portfolio, but just don't have the time to do it. Yeah. But they they like the idea of working with an active partner like yourself, yep. who's got the track record and knows what they're doing. So yep. how do you how do you meet these people? How do you how do you get that conversation going? What do you, what have you found that's worked best for you? This is mostly people that I have met through my business. Your existing journey. connections, yeah, connections of of mine or, or uh, connections of people that I know, and just reaching out to people that may have heard of me or know me, and you know it's. It's a bit of work for for sure, but mm -hmm. uh, kind of getting those relationships. It takes a while. Yeah, so it, it does, but it's you know usually worth it. And now that you know, now that we've had some success with that, uh, we we do want to move on to more deals and bigger deals. Um, and the more deals comes as we start looking, you know, with, with yeah. more cash. So. No, I I definitely I definitely hear you about you know. If you can have that capital lined up before you've got the deal, or not necessarily the capital lined up, but if you got, I, I call it having your investor ducks in a row, yeah. right? So you've got a bunch of people that have said, hey, Corey, when you get a deal, I want first dibs. That just, that makes life so much better than starting the whole capital raising thing once you got the deal and, and you got all that pressure. Kind of reminds me of a, uh, a client that we got, his, his name's William. And he kind of like what you guys are doing. He, he does smaller duplex type stuff. He's a, he's a handy kind of guy, but he's also getting into the, the multifamily space, not as quite as big a deals as you guys have done, but he's getting into the six unit, eight unit, 12 unit type properties. And that's one of the things that he's, he's just loving is, is, after doing all of the effort to get get the machine going, now he's got a few people. He's got a number of them actually lined up, kind of in the wings, waiting to jump on his next deal. So instead of having to scramble for the cash last minute and get the word out to everybody, when he gets an opportunity, he goes to that group and he says, "Hey guys, here's what I got." Kind of first come, first serve, and it and it it yeah, almost creates a little bit of supply and demand there. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Who's who's ready? Who wants to do this? Yeah. yeah. Who's ready? And and it's first come, first serve. So yeah. Make no, a decision quickly, bet. right? No, that's yeah. wonderful. That's 
Well, that's good stuff. Well, yeah, I've I've known you guys for years now. I can't even remember at least ten longer. Well, we started investing in two thousand and seven in, in yeah. duplexes, and then did some other businesses along the way. We sold dune buggies for a while. We, you know, we've done a lot, a yeah. lot of interesting stuff, and, yeah. and my wife's put up with a lot of fun, fun <laughs> adventures for sure. <laughs> and uprooting the whole family and moving moving yeah. south the whole bit, yeah. My adrenaline isn't jumping out of airplanes. It's definitely <laughs> business for sure. <laughs> oh, this is a lot of fun, Corey. So if people want to find out more or connect with you, uh, how can they do that? Uh, they can reach me at uh, our website, not our website, but our uh, email address is elika at tellus.net. E-L-L-I-K-A at tellus.net. E-L-U-S. And my phone number, I yeah. can be reached by phone. I'm, sure. I, I give most people my phone number because um, yeah, I answer my it. phone. It's really strange. And a lot of people don't answer their phone anymore, <laughs> but I do. <laughs> That's how I know what's going on. Yeah. Um, it's 250-614-6621. There you go. Well, Corey, thank you very much for sharing some of your time and your insights. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Dave. It's really good to see you again. All right, everybody. Take care and we'll see you on the next episode.